0: Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Need expert advice on your family's health? Speak to us today at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show now actor, filmmaker and also actually pizzeria owner Trudy Styler. Hi Trudy.
1: Hi there Brendan.
0: So Trudy, you've made this new film, uh, Posso Entrare, and it's, uh, it's quite magical and it's quite affecting, and it's a an nod to the Italian city of Naples. Before we come to Naples, can I just ask you, it's clear in the film that you have a very special, deep connection to Italy. Indeed, I think both you and your husband Sting have a great love affair with Italy. What is the magic of Italy for you?
1: Well, you know, the magic of, of of Italy wasn't born overnight. I go back to being a young actress in um, 1986, uh, doing three movies in Cinecittà in Rome uh, with various uh, uh, wonderful actors like Stefania Sandrelli and uh, Harvey Keitel. Um, and then uh, I had a baby in Italy. And uh, we eventually found a house that we sort of could call a home. And I began a wine uh, a winery and a, a vineyard and uh, started to get interested in uh, in wine and then opened a pizzeria, which is just over the street from our house. And uh, th- that's been going for three years. So it's been a, a gradual love. And then when I was offered Posso Entrare, I uh, discovered a new love, which was the south of Italy, which I hadn't known at all.
0: Yeah, so it it is very different from uh, from the rolling hills of Tuscany, isn't it? Uh, the, like, there's a kind of an edge to Naples, but there it's also such an exhilarating place, isn't it? It's so kind of teeming with life and everything.
1: Yes, yeah, so, Sophia Lorenz says it best. She says, I'm not Italian, I'm a Napolitana. Yeah. And... Uh, and And when you get into the city and you meet the locals who have their own language, uh, uh, as you see in the film, some of them, um, the the, uh, lovely lady Immaculatina who sells chestnuts, she doesn't have Italian. She speaks Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Uh, And and so it is a sort of like it's almost a country unto itself. And then
0: I suppose you, you show these two sides to it. And one is that bustling, teeming, exhilarating life everywhere. But you talk as well about this pain, these wounds in the place, a sense of abandonment. Tell me about that.
1: Well, you know, we start the movie with uh, looking at the Spacca Napoli. It's, uh, it's, it's the division of, of Naples that runs physically through the city. But the you're right, and there's a great... Emotional divide because the southern, uh, the the folks in the south, uh, you know, have really um, had it so much worse than the north, where there's huge industry and there's very little industry left in the south, and then there's this um, shadow of the Comoros, the uh, local. Um, uh, mob that uh, uh, looms still uh over the city, and I think gives people pause to why they wouldn't uh, visit uh Naples they might be afraid to you know get a bullet or have their purses nicked and and, and that couldn 't be further from the truth because those um, those ideas are belong to the past and there are great champions. Um, as you see in Naples, who are working hard every day of their lives to uh, make the young people safer on the street, away from uh, to lure them uh, away from the Camorra, like the Don Antonio Lofredo, the the parish priest of five churches, is doing such a the real work of the church. He's which a fantastic is to, guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's a fantastic guy. He's a hero. Uh, And I think his model should be replicated throughout the world. And perhaps we wouldn't have the difficulties with with our our, our youngsters getting involved with drugs and crime that we have. Just explain Um, to the listeners a little
0: bit about how he works with the kids.
1: So Don Antonio is uh, the parish priest of five beautiful churches. Uh, And he, uh, because of the risk of the... Um, The Camorra, who are the local uh, mobsters, uh, who are always present, make themselves um, available to kids when they come out of school who are on the streets and, um, and invariably very poor, particularly in this area that I focused on called Sanita uh and uh you know they'll lure them by uh, by saying hey you you know do you want a great pair of nikes and uh uh you know some some great sneakers and you know just go and do this run for us to the university and um take this bag of weed to the students so it begins like that and then it goes to you know they they they're given more and more bigger tasks for more rewards and what a poor kid doesn't want to look nice and to be able to afford a scooter, et cetera. And so before you know it, their initiation is to actually shoot somebody and then they're in it forever. Uh, And Don Antonio has made it his mission in the last 23 years to protect these kids by uh, forming an alliance with the women, um, the mothers, of the areas too, even to the mothers of the the wives of the mobsters, to really talk um, to them about giving their kids a better opportunity than this life of crimes. Mm -hmm. Many men are missing in these areas. They're either in jail, uh, they've lost their lives, or they're out trying to find work uh, um, out of the city. So it's very much um the the priest working with the mums, working with the kids and using his churches as places for the kids to come to um to create theater there are a lot of there's a lot of um, volunteers actors and francesco deleva uh, a wonderful actor doing big films who gives himself Two kids in his theater that he made himself called Nest. Don Antonio has created three orchestras um, and uh, has the kids come six days a week to practice their instruments. And they have traveled the world um, uh, performing concerts, and people know about this orchestra of Sanita. And this really, this is this is just a. a an example, two examples of what he does with kids. The other, the other thing that you'll see in Posso Entrare is a project he's doing with two prisons, one in Milan and one in, in Naples, where um the it's a very touching scene. Um, Brendan, as um, as I think you'll note when you see the uh, yeah. the scene yeah. of the boats uh um that have been made into instruments being made by Prisoners, And, you know, these are people putting together their lives out of the wreckage of other people's dreams for a better life. These are migrant boats that come into Lampedusa, uh, sometimes without uh, its occupants because they've drowned or the occupants of those migrant boats get um, detained or sent back.
0: Yeah, and so there it, is, so there is that, scene. that scene where Sting sings, uh, he sings his song, Fragile. In, in a prison. Yeah. And and it yes. takes a second to realise the guitar is different coloured wood and everything. And then you go, oh, my God, OK, it's it's made from a smashed boat.
1: That's right. And uh, yes, he performed that in front of the inmates of the Sikandiliana prison. And so they heard for the very first time the instrument that they'd made themselves with their hands because there's a fantastic rehabilitation um, uh, work going on uh, in this prison with them being taught to, you know, do something positive with their hands.
0: It's it's funny, you talk about Don Antonio and that idea that actually the sons of members of the Camara are going to him so that they won't get into the lives themselves. There is a kind of a huge ambivalence about it, or like even that the, the guys who are in it don't want their children in it. It's like this thing that is threaded through everything in Naples, but... At the same time, they're stuck with it. There's, there is that ambivalence, isn't there? Like you talked to um, Roberto Saviano, who wrote the book Gamara, which became a film and then a terrific television show. And I suppose it did kind of tell the world about the Camara. He now regrets yes. writing the book.
1: He does. Uh, you hear that in the interview. He, re- he regrets having uh, acted so um, impulsively, I think. Uh, is what he says, he would have been more strategic because he had no idea uh, 18 years ago uh, that um, he says, you know, I thought that they would pursue me. I thought they would bring me to court. I thought that um, there would be some blowback uh, from the bosses, but he never thought that there would be a target on his back all these years and indeed for the rest of his life. Uh, And I met him Um, in Naples that he'd come, uh, you know, very kindly to, because he wanted to be in the city that he was born to give the interview. So we, you know, had to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure that he was, you know, very safe. Uh, But he came with his four detectives as he's done uh, for all these years. And, you know, there's a lot of of criticism that he takes from people saying, ah, well, it's all right because he's made a ton of money. But the thing is, is he, he can't spend his ton of money. He can't go to the piazza and have a glass of wine or you know, a nice bowl of spaghetti in a, in a restaurant with his mates. Uh, he hasn't done that. He lives absolutely uh, on his own and uh, doesn't come to, he couldn't come to the opening of the film and, or, and all that. He, he can't be seen in public because he puts the public at risk, uh, as he knows and as well as himself.
0: Yeah, so it's all there and very, very, uh, very, very real still. Um, there's a, yeah. there's an extraordinary scene as well where we see what it does to families. So you speak to this guy, Vincenzo Pirazzi. And yeah. Vincenzo tells us how his father was absent throughout his childhood. He's told his father is a travelling salesman. And then I think when he was 12 or 13, he picked up a newspaper.
1: Yeah, he picked up the newspaper and... Um, scales fell from his eyes because he'd been told all his life your dad's a traveling salesman. And then he says, you know, it was weird because he was missing at Easter, he was missing in the summer holidays, he was just missing. And I broke I I took the newspaper and read the the there was a, a new piece on um, the father. And he realized that his father was involved in a in a terrible massacre that involved uh the death of, uh, of uh, I think, 237 people um, were killed on that uh, Christmas Eve in, in Italy on a train going from um, uh, Naples to Milan.
0: But then he's still his father and he, he visits him, but he says that kind of very sad thing. He said, I see him behind this glass. I can't touch him. He said, I haven't smelt my father in 22 years. He is like a hologram to me.
1: Yeah, 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 that's a that's a very touching moment. But he goes to visit him. He he's he in 22 years, he he hasn't been able to touch him. He hasn't been able to hug him. Uh, his children are allowed uh, to uh, actually get a hug from their grandfather. Um, and uh, and he's grateful for that.
0: Trudy, I suspect when you were asked to make this film about Naples, did they expect this poetic meditation on pain and resilience or had they something else in mind? No, <laughs> so
1: they, they had in mind, well, they gave me a title called Sun and Songs. So that helped, <laughs> what they were expecting. <laughs> I think they maybe wanted some pop singers to sing a solo meal. I don't know. A bit of a travelogue, but uh, that's not what they got. But but that that said, they're very happy and extremely happy.
0: I bet they are, yeah. Um, Trudy, while I have you, can I ask you about something? Um, Because so many successful, talented people I talk to on this show, a lot of them say a variation on school didn't really suit me and i think it's fantastic for kids to to hear that from people who have thrived in life you would be one of those people wouldn't you you were labeled backward in school was the word used was it
1: yes backward that was the word and uh, a laz- she has a lazy eye and she's backward wow <laughs> it did it did impact me a lot uh, and i was bullied quite a bit because i was I looked a bit different I'd had a road accident when I was two so I had pretty livid scars on my face and um and so and I was left-handed and in those days uh, that uh, they tried to force you to you know write with your right hand yeah and anyway Pauline Styler my mom, who was a very formidable looking woman she was 15 and a half stones and 5 feet 7 and uh, nobody nobody uh, got in her way when she had a mind to saying something she was heard. And she got herself a job as the school dinners lady really to uh, make sure that uh, that sort of bullying wouldn't go on. and um, and uh, I did better after that. and and you know, just reading, writing uh, for dyslexics and people with ADHD is, you know, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't suit the student to be able to be educated through reading and through writing. But, uh, um, two of my kids have extraordinary verbal skills. And so, you know, now, uh, in, uh, better schools in America, they, um, where we are, we're in New York, um, they're being taught to, uh, to really verbalize. And that counts as, you know, that, that 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 is a credit to the child when they can learn to articulate and say what they think yeah. in an articulate way use their words that now is more valued than it ever was when uh, when we were at school so uh so those days were painful but i sort of like think you know pain gets put into and those of us who are in artistic endeavors we can channel it through and i've had the good fortune to you know, to act quite a bit in my life, and uh, and it gets channeled through there. And um, and now um, to have made this film about you know people who, on the surface, look like they're they, they're unfortunate in so many ways. Just on closer discovery, you you realise that uh, that they're fascinating, interesting, and really smart. And does the
0: ADHD and dyslexia impact much on your life now do you have to manage around it in ways or
1: you know I have a spatial uh, difficulty which is one of the manifestations of my ADHD I get you know I I I always get I'm always getting lost even in New York which is a grid you know city is pretty easy to navigate for most of the folks but if you've got if you've got this particular spatial um, thing going on, you don't. And I am very left-handed, so I don't. You know, I get lost very easily. But you know, because I, I've learned to use my words. My mom used to say, you know, just always ask if you're lost. Ask somebody uh, where is the whatever. And that would happen to me in Naples. You know, can you help me find the basilica? Blah blah. And 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 you know, in Naples. They not only direct you; they actually take you there because they like, you know, they like the conversation on the way. And so that that was a joy. Uh, but I I just speak up for myself, um, and it's it's taught me to do that. Say, so, you know, I'm um, I'm just a bit lost at the moment. Can you help me find the whatever? Um, so it shows up like in in that spatial way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you get to spend much time in in Tuscany? at the vineyard. Yes. It sounds like the dream. So you make, you make what, you know, I've had your wine. I've had the When We Dance Chianti. And I, Have you? I, yes, and I love it. And also I love it because it's biodynamic and I imagine that it doesn't ever give you a hangover or anything, but it's, I wouldn't be one for celebrity wines, right? So I haven't tried Graham Norton's wine. I'm sure it's fine. But I don't think I think the, I think your wine transcends that. I didn't buy it because of sting or anything. I bought it; someone recommended it to to me, and it's excellent. You do olive oil and honey and everything as well.
1: Yes, we do. So we make about five now different kinds of uh, red and white wines, and uh, and we make um, five different honeys. Because when when I first uh, when we first bought um palagio in uh in in tuscany i i'm a honey lover i absolutely can't get enough of the stuff and you know it's got such warm weather that we can make honey in uh in italy much easier than you can in than in England, um, you can make much more of it. So, uh, so I started making all these varietals of, uh, of uh, lavender. Mille fiori means thousand flowers, which is the wildflower honey. Um, the acacia, we've got a beautiful um, set of acacia trees. So we move the hives to the uh, to where the, um, the acacia flowers come in the spring. Chestnuts, we've got a chestnut grove, so I've got a... Um, uh, 10 or 11 families of bees there and uh, there's all these different types so it's a sort of like it's a it's a bit of a dream like having a place oh there. Oh my god it
0: stuff. sounds it yeah <laughs> and you're you're a
1: real so you're a, a, a contadina is, is
0: is that the word I'm looking for <laughs> your local farmer down there in Tuscany?
1: Yes absolutely Fantastic. yes I mean, we've got yeah, we've got this. It's a very it's a it's quite a big estate, uh, about 600 acres. So we grow a lot of we grow all our own fruit and veg and uh, 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 make the wine and, and the olive oil, about about 5000 bottles of olive oil every year, um, which is organic. And yes, it's a. Uh, it's a very beautiful life that uh, we yeah. have in Tuscany. Do you do all the
0: work, or does does Sting walk in, or is he? I'm I'm busy writing a song. You do the work.
1: <laughs> you know, he actually really loves the olive harvest. He gets down into the fields and um, and fix yeah. uh, the olive. We have a we have a, a lovely time then, sort of like having the first pressing and everyone zooing and aring when having a few glasses of wine. It's a uh, it's it's very fun.
0: By the way, can I say as well, I saw him in the film. He looks great. I'm very envious of him. Does that take a lot of hard work? Is he a very disciplined person or does that just come naturally to him? That's what I want to look like in a few years.
1: (laughs) Well, he's 72 now uh, and he's very disciplined. He's disciplined with his his workout routine. Um, uh, I I sort of like, I think he drinks a bit too much sometimes, but he won't hear that. (laughs) But... uh, yeah, he's very fit, and um, you know, and he works still. He's touring still, and I think that his, I think his love of uh, bringing music to the people, you know, like a you know real troubadour. He's yeah. He, he he absolutely loves that. He's he's coming to Dublin later on in the year. Yeah, I think he's,
0: yeah, and I think he's coming to Cork uh, in the in the in the summer as well. But so so look, the key is obviously don't retire and have a job that you're interested in and has a bit of purpose, and then a uh, bit of olive oil farming on the side. But yeah, seventy two man, he looks terrific. That's an inspiration to all of us. I'm going to get working out, Trudy. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Trudy Styler's film *Passo and Traré*, A an Node to Naples will be screened at the Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin as part of the Dublin International Film Festival on February 23rd. And Trudy, you'll be there for a Q&A afterwards yourself, won't you?
1: Oh, yes, yes, I, yes, I will. I'm really looking forward to it, Brendan.
0: OK, Trudy Styler, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much.